Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994, many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join all you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Was at the Helm, 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz. With, with the Savage Premium. So go to go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Michael Savage Podcast. A while ago, I read an article in the New York Post that was kind of alarming. It was about how ER rooms in San Diego the doctors are seeing up to 37 marijuana cases a day, mostly psychotic breaks. Now, I've been warning you for many years about the dangers of marijuana and how it's not as safe as the marijuana lobby would have you believe. Do not forget that it was George Soros who first passed the quote-unquote medical marijuana initiative here in California and in Arizona. Joining us today is Laura Stack, who lost her 19-year-old son, Johnny, to suicide after he became psychotic from dabbing high THC marijuana concentrates. Her son Johnny had been a straight-A student. You must hear this story. It could save a life. Laura Stack is the author of The Dangerous Truth About Today's Marijuana, Johnny Stack's life and death story, and she is an advocate with Johnny's ambassadors. Would you please pay close attention to the important message that she delivers on this podcast and share it with others who may have children who could be in danger. And as always, thank you for listening to the Michael Savage Podcast. Laura Stack, welcome to the Michael Savage Podcast. Hello. Today we're talking about a topic that's extremely important to me because I've been on it for over 30 years, which is, well, the dangerous truth about today's marijuana. Johnny Stack's life and death story by his mom, Laura Stack. And Laura was a 30-year Hall of Fame speaker, best-selling author of personal productivity books, until tragedy struck on November 20th, 2019, when her lovely 19-year-old son, Johnny, died by suicide after becoming psychotic from dabbing high THC marijuana concentrates. We're living in a nightmare scenario. Most people think marijuana is a benign herb that is just something to be taken lightly. I've tried to warn the people. Laura's paid the ultimate price for this. Laura, please tell us who your son Johnny was before and after marijuana use. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm incredibly grateful for this opportunity to talk to so many people who are listening to your podcast. So thank you for having me. Yes, I tragically lost my son, Johnny, who at 14 years old mm. uh, started using marijuana. We live in Colorado where it was first legalized in 2012 and came into the dispensaries at 2014. He oh. was in ninth grade, went to a high school party, 
There was a boy there who had marijuana, was selling it to the younger kids. They all wanted to try to get high and he used it. And I know because he told me we were a very close knit uh, family. He was very engaged in school activities. He was a 4.0 uh, GPA student. He got a perfect SAT score mm. on math, 800 out of 800. Wow. A scholarship to Colorado State University, just a wonderful, loving um, successful young man who could really have done anything. Laura, did he smoke marijuana? Was it a smokable form at the time? Well, the dabs first started coming out uh, in, you know, 2010, 2014. So he didn't tell us exactly what he used. However, uh. when he lost his scholarship at Colorado State University, we did find a nectar kit when we were cleaning out his drawer and I have all his texts and uh, communications with his classmates. So we think that they were dabs, mostly wax from what we can read. Uh, we also know that he owned um, a vape pen. Laura, please, for the listeners who don't know what this is, look, when I smoked marijuana when I was 17, it's quite a while ago, <laughs> it was marijuana, rolled it up, put it in the cigarette. And the, the concentration of THC and the marijuana of those days was about what? Do we know? One to three percent Woodstock days in the 80s, about three to five percent. By 2000, high 10 percent. It was not considered high potency at the time per gram of flour. Ten percent. So what yeah. is it? What is it today? They keep raising it. Oh, gosh. Average. You can walk into the dispensary two counties up here. 20% is very typical. Um, 25, 35. One grower claims that he has a 40% THC strain per gram of flour, which you have to just keep in mind that anything over 10% medically is considered high potency. Um, that's why marijuana was added uh, as a substance use disorder in 2013. Before then, it was like yeah, wait, marijuana use was declared a what disorder? A a substance use disorder. It was now there, the reason I have you on is because there was an article in the New York Post mm -hmm. that found that the San Diego emergency room is seeing a shocking rise in marijuana related psychosis. I've been talking about this for about five, six, seven years. ER rooms have been trying to ring the bell of alarm one case after another of people showing up in psychotic states. Yes. What was your experience with your poor son? Well, as the, his marijuana use progressed and he became addicted to it and we spent over two hundred thousand dollars, three mental hospital stays, multiple oh my God. treatment programs. Um, counseling, therapists, everything you can imagine, desperate as parents to try to get him help. And he started huh. to become very paranoid. He thought the mob was after him. Oh, he thought sure. everybody knew everything about him. He said the university was an FBI base. So probably, his, his, probably was. Well, yeah, you never know. I mean, <laughs> but to the extent that he said that his room was bugged. I was like, what? Your room is not bugged. He had himself change dorm rooms because he said they were listening to them. I said, who's listening to you? Mom, the mob. I'm like, honey, you're in Greenville, Why? Colorado. There's no mob. Anyway, he he the mob would be in the governor's office. <laughs> <laughs> there is a mob, but it's not in his dorm room. I can promise you that. Laura, but you can still laugh. Thank God that you've found a way to cope with this. There's nothing worse than what you've experienced. No, it's but I want to go back to the to the pre um, Woodstock days when marijuana was basically limited to use by it started in in the jazz clubs <laughs> in new york i mean new york chicago st louis kind of jazz clubby thing 
musicians would get high on on a, on a joint and it was low dose yeah. very very mild weed but even then and i smoked marijuana in the 50s even then as a high strung person with a fairly high iq i had to stop after a while because it produced paranoia in me yes you got a high yeah but you got super paranoid um <laughs> heart rate increased palms would sweat you thought people were out to get you even on low dose marijuana. Well, you are fortunate that you stop because that is an early psychosis. 51% of all marijuana users profess to either have some sort of psychotic or paranoid thinking or hallucination. So yes, oh my God. even this mild mannered hippie weed, Jim's basement weed, you know, I used it when I was 17, 18. And sadly, because when Johnny told me he used it, I thought to myself, oh, you know, it's just weed. I used it. I, right. It's no big deal. I'm fine. But I had no idea. I, I'm not in marijuana culture anymore. I didn't use it after high school. So I didn't know they were extracting the THC, the chemical that makes you high out of the plant and turning it into all these new crazy high potency products. I had never. Let's pause here for the listener for a minute. Laura makes a very good point because at, I, I've. Look, I have a doctorate in nutrition, but prior to that, I have a, a, an MS in, in phytochemistry and stuff. So I study medicinal plants. If, if you extract cocaine from the coca leaf and you inhale cocaine or sniff cocaine, it's much different than chewing a coca leaf. A coca leaf contains 17 other alkaloids, which tend to mitigate the potency, not only the potency, but the activity and the actions of the single alkaloid known as cocaine. It's the same as what you're saying here. In other words, if you smoke. Well, no, there's even one more. It's like turning the cocaine then into crack. Okay, fair enough. That's what's happening. Fair enough. So They're taking, you know, you have this plant that they've already genetically modified and bred to outrageous levels of THC. Never thought that the plant could hold. Okay. Okay. So that's one thing. So it's not, you know, the one to three percent, you know, it's 30 percent. You can legally buy. This is legal marijuana dispensary weed. Okay. This is not black market laced with something. It's hard, is, and now the federal government is going to legalize it across the nation and make it uh, even really bad idea. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Laura, look, we all know it. This is a disaster for America. As I say, you paid the ultimate price. Mm. Uh, what would you tell parents who find their children dabbing whatever this stuff? What do you mean by dabbing, by the way? What is that? Well, so dabbing is meaning, okay, so it's a, it's a, it's a dosage issue. What they do is they suck the THC out with a machine called an extractor. Okay. Then they filter it and they try to get the solvent out that they use to extract it, butane, uh, then they uh, process it, what's called distillation, distillates to distill, to make it more pure. So instead of, you know, the plant, 30%, now it's 60%, say it's a butane hash oil or a wax, then they make it even more pure. They turn it into an 80, 90% oil that now you can put in a vape pen and you can vape, right? The teens are like, oh, mom, I'm just vaping. Okay, we're not talking about Juul here, nicotine, e-cigarettes. We're talking about vaping, very high THC potency. So let's say you buy a gram. Let's say you buy a cart. 
a cart, a cartridge, a pre-filled THC oil in its 80% potency times a gram. You have 800 milligrams in that little cart. Hey, one joint when you were growing up was five milligrams. So literally the equivalent of 50 joints is one dab. 50 joints. We got it. We've dab. got to go back for people listening to teach your children or you yourself. If you're skeptical about the show, many I'll tell you the greatest defense. The most defensive comment that I have seen over the 20 years that I've tried to alert people to the dangers of uh, of marijuana is, oh, well, you push drinking alcohol. Well, it's different. I'm not pushing alcohol, but there's two different it's stories different because um, marijuana plant. The genus is called cannabis. There's a chemical called a cannabinoid. There are 80 in the plant. It is literally the only plant in the entire world that contains these chemicals. And guess what? It's molecularly similar to a, a neurotransmitter in our brain called anandamide. In fact, the THC molecule and anandamide have identical molecular structures, so much so that it allows the THC molecule to bind in our brain to what is called a cannabinoid 1CB1 receptor which is part of our endocannabinoid system, which is the master regulator of all of our receptors in our bodies that regulate our nervous and our immune system. It changes the way the brain interacts and activates. So it's, it's almost like a virus invades the body it to is. make a very crude analogy, like an allergy. and literally takes over a function that's normal to the body Correct. in a in, a, in an abnormal way to make it, it simple. Overactivates and overstimulates it. So for example, there's an FDA approved medication called Marinol that helps with cancer patients who have had okay. chemotherapy and they're nauseous. It's 2.5 milligrams of THC, 2.5 milligrams of CBD in a pill, never vape, never smoked, never dab, never eaten. And that helps with nausea because there's a CB2 receptor in your digestion. However, if you put a wax, a dab, uh, a vape, an edible into that, you now overactivate that receptor and you get what's called CHS, cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. CHS, six out of every thousand teens will get this. They're in the emergency room with cyclic vomiting. They can't stop. They get dehydrated. Their organs shut down and their kidneys fail and they die. And people say, oh, you can't die from marijuana. You can absolutely die from too much THC hitting that receptor. So that's what people don't understand. Laura Stack is the author of the book the dangerous truth about today's marijuana johnny stack's life and death story she's also an advocate with johnny's ambassadors and we're going to talk about your book in a moment uh, what you're telling me is no doubt a short oh version of what's in the book but here's the problem laura we both know the problem rational non-doped people will agree with you doctors will agree with you but people who are on marijuana in any form are the most resistant population i have ever encountered on social media they absolutely deny there's anything dangerous about marijuana how do you how do you get around that they have to defend their medicine right they they want to buy if you have a quote med card uh you get to buy more and you pay less um, and so they like to say, oh, well, because there is a THC derived medication um, that helps with neuropathy pain that you can get in your pharmacy and it's FDA approved. Suddenly, that is the panacea for every hangnail, every migraine, every backache. And it's not true. It's just an excuse to get high. It is. A I know who started this because in 1998, I was on the radio at the time. It was George Soros. I'm not trying to drag you into my politics who funded He's two funny. medical marijuana initiatives, one in Arizona, 
and one in California. And I, I he put one of his uh, goons on to argue with me. <laughs> we had a similar argument to what we're having now. And I said, you know that you're not just doing this for medical reasons. You're trying to legalize marijuana to make people, uh, you know, uh, take marijuana because you want to dope the whole population. I saw this coming from a mile away. This is very similar, Laura, to what the English did to the Chinese with the opium dumping <laughs> back before the Chinese had a revolution to throw the uh, uh, opium peddlers, the English out of China. I know this sounds crazy, but it isn't. It's a direct parallel to the doping of a whole nation. I can They've see. doped the youth into thinking it's a benign herb, oh, almost like a spice. You should see. I mean, they make fun of us in Europe. One of my scientific advisory board members is Sir Robin Murray, who's one of the foremost world uh, cannabis researchers and his wife, uh, Marta DeForti. And they said that um, they're 100 percent certain that cannabis causes 30 percent of the psychoses that they're seeing in their mental hospitals and that they think that we are just using our children as a giant Petri dish. Um, they think we're complete fools and that they would have 30 percent less psychosis without marijuana. And they said and that's only with skunk. They only have like 35 percent potency. I, I asked him, you know, what would happen if you had 80, 90 percent THC? seeing these vapes and dabs and shatters and waxes and crazy products. And he said, I can't even think about it. The whole, we would be overrun. They don't allow them in Europe. The EU doesn't no. permit. No. Oh, they have more restrictions than we do in all America. Isn't that something? Yeah, they think we're foolish. But, you know, you are <sighs> so I, I get hate mail every day. People are the most vulgar mean they tell me my son is in hell oh. um they call they say i'm a terrible parent i oh. mean just because they're trying to get under my because they don't like hey i'm in youth marijuana prevention i go to high schools and talk to teens what is wrong with that what is wrong with trying to educate teenagers who are smoking this stuff illegally underage whose brains are forming about the possible harms nothing it should be part of physical education should be part of hygiene health class it should, general, it should be in every school it should be oh absolutely, it should be typed as a t class A drug, but it won't be. It's going to get much worse before it gets better. Yes. You know, and I know that the cartels are funding a lot of this hate against you, Laura. Yeah. And they want me to stop and I'm not going to. But you know what I've decided, Michael? I'm not trying to reach the people who are already addicted because they don't want to hear the latest research None. that's come up in the past two years. I'll tell you, it's a lie. Yeah. And that's their whole game. You know, Soros and the billions of dollars. I mean, this is addiction for profit, pure and simple. Do you know in Colorado, 4% of our users buy 65% of our product? 4% buy 65% of the product. Okay. So they just need a few people. The number one users, 18 to 24. So you need 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds to come into this pipeline. They blatantly market to them in newspapers in flyers and stuff. That's a bit, they're trying to make it just seem so normal. And, and, and there's been a reduction, 55% decrease in perception of harm in our youth because, Oh, well, parents would never legalize something that's bad for us. Right. I mean, they look at all these adults fighting over the right to use this stuff. So they think it's more harmful to smoke a cigarette. I go in and I tell them about the endocannabinoid system and they're fascinated. You know why they don't invite me to schools to talk about this to their students? Because their parents are using and their parents. It's so polarizing. It's become political. Well, they don't want me to tell their teens that using marijuana can be harmful because they don't want the parents to um, have them think they're bad people. So I don't get invited. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand.
Well, let's go back to the actual what's happening. So the kids are using this high potency, these vapes and other other uh, edibles. Yes. They're getting really sick, mentally ill. They're committing suicide. What else is happening other than suicide? Well, in Colorado, you know, suicide is the number one cause of death now. Didn't used to be. Yes. Number one cause of death in youth ages 15 through 24 and 40 percent of them in their toxicology reports have THC threefold, much, much, much more than I think the violence epidemic in America is directly related to marijuana. And the evidence I have for it is really quite anecdotal and simple. There's a substance or a compound known as um, hash, hashish. Everyone's heard of it. Yes. Well, the word hashish derives from the Arabic for assassin. It's of the same linguistic roots. Now, why do I connect hashish to assassin? Because it was well known that Arabic speaking or Arabs who were trained assassins all smoked hashish before killing. It brings out murderous urges in people, by the Mm. way. You agree with that? I would tell you that the um, doctors on our advisory board, for example, uh, Ronit Lev, Karen Randall, who's an emergency room physician in Pueblo, Colorado. She said every day teens come in with acute overdoses, psychosis, um, comas, not breathing. They have to call the poison control center, suicidal and violent. She says they have to sedate these teen young men, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, three times the amount they have to give a normal adult because they are trying to harm the nurses who Uh, are trying to take care of them. So it brings out these violent urges. Yes. A lot of these suicides of these teens who you see self-violence, jumping off bar roofs. My son jumped off a six story building. Oh, God. Where in here in Lone Tree, Colorado, where we live off a parking garage, he wrote in his journal. um, We didn't know he was keeping a journal and we found it when he died in his condo. But he said the mob was after him and he sent out a Snapchat and it was a picture of his car odometer. And it read one, three, three, six, six, one. And he typed out Newton's law, which is very bizarre. But if you're delusional, mm. the experts who have read his journals and looked at his videos believe that he added those two threes together and saw one, six, 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 one. And for some reason to him in his delusional mind, believed that that was magical and maybe he wouldn't die. There was a video of him jumping off the parking garage video, caught it. I never watched it. Don't worry. I never watched will but it showed him as if he were trying to fly was his posture that he really believed he wasn't that he could fly this is the crazy things that this drug will do to your kid it's awful and it's preventable it's 100 preventable i have to take a deep breath because it's every parent's worst nightmare It is a parent's worst nightmare. I almost named my book that. It's 300 pages. This happened right before Thanksgiving, right before COVID. 2019, he died. It was the holidays. It was awful. I was in bed for six months in a fetal position. It was COVID. We were alone. We were isolated. I started writing because that's all I know how to do. I have eight books before this happened with other um, time management topics. So I just turned my whole life to this mission and I wrote, it has 176 scientific notations. I would highly recommend people stop the ignorance, the naivety, thinking that nothing has changed with marijuana. Please read and understand uh, the problems that we're having right now in society as a result. If we 
take another 60 years like we did with tobacco to go, mm. oh, maybe this stuff is bad for you. We are going to lose generations of care. young people. The, the cartels behind the growth the and every state now is getting in on the taxation. So once the politicians see the money, the lucre. No, you know what? For every dollar we get in tax in Colorado, we spend four dollars and twenty five cents on on what medical treatment on crashes, on crime, on poisonings, on behavioral health care, 147 percent increase in ER visits, 600 percent increase. Well, that's in good for the medical establishment. But Laura, I have a question for you. Has anyone you know, we know that if you drive under the influence of alcohol and you get pulled over, the cops are going to do a breathalyzer. Is there an equivalent police roadside test for marijuana? Kind of. There isn't one like that, although there are training programs and cops who are very uh, adept at identifying people who are high. You know, I've got video footage from some cop friends of, for example, someone counting from uh, down from, you know, 10 to and they go like five, seven, six, two, four. I mean, so there is some pretty telltale. Well, that's Biden math. We have no inflation. <laughs> Uh, you can also, of course, do a blood test measured in nanogram, nanograms per milliliter, um, you know, and, and tell whether someone is under influence. The problem is THC is fat soluble. It's lipophilic. It stays in your system. It's un unlike alcohol, you know, that you can get drunk 24 hours later. It's no out of your body. It's of it. yeah. So what you you're know, getting at is so even if the person is free of, of having just used it, it may they show. could have used it weeks ago. Okay, and, and so their lawyer would have it thrown out and say that yeah. they didn't use it th at that time. Right. And there, so there's various ways to tell um, based on acute use and levels in the blood, whether or not it was recent. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered and raw. I want to refer to your book because it says it all. Laura Stack, author of The Dangerous Truth About Today's Marijuana. So let's go to the next step. And this may be uh, a little sensitive. In your book, you have a lot of regrets. Uh, wh what do you mean by regrets, Laura? Oh, I, I mean, I was so ignorant and, and, and so wrong about so many things. I don't even know where to start. I mean, first of all, just when he told me, just thinking, you know, it's just weed. I didn't say that to him. I told him, don't ever use marijuana again. It will eat your brain cells. I totally made that up. I didn't even, I, I didn't know what marijuana would do, but he was brilliant. He was literally a genius. And so I didn't want him to use it again. So first of all, I lacked education. I didn't understand today's culture. Shame on me. I'm a parent. I need to have walked into those dispensaries when they were legalized. I needed to see the crap that's out there. I needed to understand what my son was using. I didn't teach him how to set boundaries. Laura, wait, they would have had you arrested as some violent person disturbing the poor. What do they call them? What do they? Huh? <laughs> no, no, no. What's the when word you, that they use for the green haired girls with rings in I, their nose who sell the stuff? 
in the dispensaries? Oh, um, yeah, the bud tenders. Bud tenders. You, <laughs> you try to talk to one of them, Laura. Please. No, they're very. They love to show you around. I walk in. We go. My husband and I. He's our chairman of the board and our CFO. Our our other two kids are on our board too. Um, but it, we go on field trips all the time. And I ask them, "Hey, can I take pictures?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "You have no idea where this is going to be used because I show them at drug prevention conferences. I show them to parents. I'm using them at you know. I show them." everywhere except to students we don't show drug photos to students you don't want to inadvertently give them an opportunity to learn how to use drugs. Well, look, this is not an odd argument I, people have to know where i'm coming from um i was in the herbal business for many years i i've written books on herbal medicine i've worked all over the south pacific collecting medicinal plants i've done laboratory work extracting compounds from plants for the National Cancer Institute. The reason I'm mentioning this is that I'm not one of these Archie Bunker types who just sits at home with a beer and watches TV, although I watch a lot of TV and I drink my fair share of beer. I understand very well what marijuana is. I understand what hippie generation marijuana was, what the Woodstock generation marijuana was. I didn't even like it then. And I know people from my generation who smoked it and never smoked it again because they got paranoid. They didn't like what it did to them. You know, Mm -hmm. and then I've had others say, you know, you're wrong. It's depending upon the person. I can run better than I ever did. I can make better love than I ever. That's a big one is they make have better sex with marijuana. That's a big sell. Uh, and I'm, I'm much more mellow. What do you say to them? Well, first of all, marijuana reduces testosterone levels. We've had a 27% increase in plastic surgery in male breast reduction here in Colorado. Whoa, 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 what? Yeah, it reduces testosterone. So it makes the male breasts more yes, like a- it, it causes breast formation in males because of the increase in estrogen from the drop in, in testosterone. And they're referred to here in Colorado as doobie boobies. And it is <laughs> one of the biggest um, industry uh, surgeries done in plastic surgery. Yeah, doobie it boob- your- Wait, I got I to gotta make a note of that. Doobie. <laughs> I'm going to put the, uh, that's how yeah. I'm going to sell this podcast. Uh, it's going to yeah. be. Learn go more Google about it. doobie boobies. There you go. Go Google it. And um, yeah, so plastic surgeons would very much disagree. Um, not a good look, guys. Affects your little swimmers if you ever want to have children. Would definitely not say that that is a benefit at all. Also drops your IQ. We know you lose. What's well, called dope for a reason. It was called dope 50 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> dope, right? Remember yeah, it was it called is. dope? Right. And weed and pot and Mary Jane. You know how I, I mean, put it to people when I would argue with them years ago, Laura? It was simple which is the world is competitive enough. Why do you want to disadvantage yourself by doping yourself up where you're slower (laughs) and you're not as quick? And I also would say things if I really wanted to get aggressive and insulting, which was because I felt it was true. I said, you know, maybe marijuana is okay if you're born with a one string guitar for a brain. But if you're born with a Stradivarius between your ears, it screws up the violin. Yes. And Johnny lost his ability to do calculus. I mean, he, he was a Stradivarius. He was, he was a Stradivarius, Stradivarius, right? And I watched him go to a very broken ukulele um, by the time that he was done. It's it's sad. Colorado, we are third from the bottom in graduation rates now. And we used to be at the top. I remember a motivational Colorado syndrome. in the 60s and 70s was a very advanced state in many ways. And I yes. visited Boulder, which was the center of the herbal industry at the time. 
And now the center of the pot industry. I, I figured so. They were very nice people. It was beautiful being up in Boulder. I call it the the uh, spine of America, the way it was like the central spine. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Beautiful to be up there and look at the a nation left, you know, east and west. So I enjoyed those years enormously, the years in the in the herbal business. They were wonderful people. Is that what they've morphed into now? Marijuana uh, company? You know, you can't get away from it. It's everywhere. You know, you walk out of the Denver International Airport and you just blown over by the smell immediately. Well, I had a friend who's a very famous writer, leave Manhattan. He was born there, lifetime there, famous author. He said he left because he couldn't take the smell of marijuana in the streets of Manhattan anymore. Everywhere he went. Yeah, here, too. And you walk downtown, you know, there's tents and encampments and, and druggies all over now where we never used to have those kind of challenges. I mean, everywhere we are in a very nice suburban area in South Denver. He, you know, it doesn't matter whether they're, you're rich, poor, black, white. I mean, it's it, there are 10 times the dispensaries in poor black and brown communities, you know, they're not allowed here in Highlands Ranch, but our, you know, the rich kids just drive up to the other counties and buy it there. And meanwhile, the black kids can't turn the corner in Denver without running into a dispensary. There are more dispensaries than there are Starbucks. It has just ruined. Are there black activists opposing this in their communities? There must be. You know, we're supposed to have these, you know, initiatives that decriminalize and and offer the ability for black uh, owners to purchase dispensaries. It doesn't happen. It's still in the hands mostly of the same white rich people who are trying to take advantage of disadvantaged uh, communities. And now all the big tobacco, Altria, Philip Morris, they just own all the marijuana. So there, it's just like big tobacco 2.0, big marijuana. Home of borders, language, culture, the savage nation. Are the tobacco companies moving into this business? Oh my God. Altria owns almost all of it. Who? And Philip Who? Morris, Altria. Who's that? I don't I'm, I'm not a they, smoker. It's huge. Uh, they own all the tobacco companies and Philip Morris. You're familiar with Philip Morris. They're oh, in sure. the marijuana bin- business. Um, uh, I grew up I mean, my father. May rest in peace. Smoked Philip Morris unfiltered. Oh, the world. I got all the secondhand smoke <laughs> through well, my childhood. You can get lung cancer for sure, but this will damage your brain, you know, and, and now the big thing is they're putting all these concentrates in liquids. So drinkable THC beverages and it's flying legally under the Farm Act of 2018, which they need to fix because they're just taking hemp, which doesn't contain more than 0.3% THC. They're taking the CBD, closing some of the carbon chains, turning it into Delta 8 THC and selling it legally in gas stations and smoke shops. And it's still psychoactive and it's completely unregulated in states where marijuana is not legal. And it's really hurting our kids psyche. Laura, the other day I read that Hong Kong, China has told the residents of Hong Kong that by February 2023, they must turn in all CBD products, throw them in a bin. They are outlawing all CBD products, which is interesting because CBD is much different than THC, as you and I well know. Why do you suppose? Now, I'll tell you why I suppose you tell me why the China, the government of China, as authoritarian as it is, also has the power to control the population. They don't want their population becoming addicted to any form of uh, marijuana, whether it's CBD or THC, because why would they ban CBD? 
other than to block people from using any of those substances. What do you think? Well, CBD can be converted chemically into a psychoactive product. So cannabis converted weight naturally in the body or externally by a chemical process, by these commercialization manufacturers. All right. So they want it gone because it can be turned from CBD. It can be converted. Yes. In in laboratories. I got it. So they don't want it in their society. But what about CBD per se? Because people will argue with me online and say, "Okay, Mike, I agree with you on THC. But what about CBD for pain? Well, the 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 jury is out. The, if you look at Epidiolex, for example, which is a 100 percent pharmaceutical grade CBD um, that is used for two rare seizure disorders in children. Look at the black box warning for suicidality. Hello. My son was dabbing pure CBD extract the night he died what? It was on his counter. It yes. was CBD, not THC. Oh no, he did both. I'm just saying that CBD don't not incriminate CBD because it does cause, it caused liver damage. There are all sorts uh, of things that it interacts. I've with. had people say to me, I won't use CBD either. And I say, why they say, because I get weird from it. Yeah, it actually has drug reactions. Some doctors are saying up to 400 drugs interact with CBD. You have to be very careful. So there are definitely uh, uh, buyer beware. The jury is out on that. But I would not say that it's safe for everyone. You know that every movie that comes out, virtually every movie that comes out of the Hollywood sewer shows people smoking a joint and it's a benign little just passing it around. Sure. It's like eating chocolates or something <laughs> in a circle. Every, and no one gets violent. No one gets angry. Uh, no well, one jump, because- Nobody jumps out of a building. It's all just like a, a little sewing party. You're sharing five milligrams of THC with 10 people. You know, it used to be a social activity. You would giggle, you'd laugh together and you'd go to Denny's like it was not, <laughs> you know, the same thing that it is now. And now a dab a dab, and I'm talking about a, 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 a dosage the size of a punctuation mark, a period. That is a dab. That's the dosage. Think of a period on your computer typing. Wow. That's the dosage. We have to we have to put it in an insert in wait, every wait. that's a dab, and how much THC is in that dab? 100 milligrams. Oh the equivalent of 20 woodstock joints in a little think of um, I can't believe this. They okay, let me give they, you they tur- another they turned it into a hydrogen bomb, in other words, it's, from a firecracker. Yeah, picture a gummy bear. Okay, teeny tiny gummy bear has 50 milligrams of THC. So one serving is 10 milligrams, it's the ear. So that's like two joints. The ear of a gummy bear is like two oh joints by yourself. From when I was a kid and probably five joints. From how did you, you keep how did your other children? God bless them. How have they resisted what happened to your poor son? Oh, God, they are so anti marijuana. I mean, they saw it happening to him. They saw it destroying our family. Were they younger they, than him or older than him? Uh, my daughter is older. Our son is younger. He's now 21, graduating in six weeks from Colorado State University. And he is very he's in a, he's in an officer position in his fraternity, Kappa Sigma. And he has all kinds of crazy rules. Like um, if you may use marijuana, you're in the basement. If you don't use marijuana, you're on the first floor. Like he can make rules. So. <laughs> It's just everywhere. And he has kids, you know, his P 
peers come to him, 21 years old, whatever, saying, oh, man, I'm nauseous. I'm sweaty. James is like, dude, it's the marijuana. Quit the marijuana. No, it's not the marijuana. And he says, I'll dare, I dare you yes, not to is. use marijuana for a month. And, and, and what about all these back. kids who say that they need medication for their anxiety, their medication for the it's all marijuana related. Almost all of it, this epidemic of so-called uh, anxiety anxiety. Well, we all have anxiety. That's part of life. Hello. Yeah. And if you'd read the research, you see that marijuana actually increases anxiety right. and it's a 36% increase in depression when used as an adolescent, as, as a young adult. 36%. It causes depression, doesn't it? Causes, yes. And it actually causes psychosis. And people think that that's not true. We know it's true because Denmark last year came out with a landmark longitudinal population study of 7 million people in 1995 before they had marijuana in Denmark, 2% incidence of schizophrenia. In 2010, when they looked at the data, 8% incidence of schizophrenia. The researchers said, due to the introduction of marijuana in Denmark, we went from a 2 to an 8% incidence of schizophrenia in Denmark. It in is Denmark. proven to cause psychosis. We now have the data. It's irrefutable. Laura Stack, the book is The Dangerous Truth About Today's Marijuana, Johnny Stack's Life and Death Story. You're an advocate for Johnny's ambassadors. Does that mean you teach this curriculum in schools? I do. So what happened is after I wrote the book, I started getting requests to speak, which I did for 30 years. I'm in, I'm in the Speaker Hall of Fame and I was a time management expert. So all I did was turn my platform around. And now um, we educate parents and teens and communities about the dangers of today's high THC products, especially on adolescent brain development, mental illness, suicide. I speak mostly at drug prevention conferences and parent nights communities, but mostly I speak in schools. About half of the time I'm in middle schools, high schools, and colleges, just giving information. And, and I don't come at it like drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. It's right. like, hey, here's some information and some science um, that I'd like to show you. And just to give you information and, and help you make decisions. Well, here's another gonna... little trick that I've used, which is you wouldn't give it to your dog because the dog would wind up either dead, dead immediately yes. or in an emergency or room. Very sick. And yet yeah. you'll give it to your you'll tell your child it's safe. Well, parents are snowed. They have not been uh, given correct information because there are billions and billions of dollars in the marijuana industry. And we are just this tiny little nonprofit with no funding. We don't have grants. We don't have government money. So it's just me out there and our 10,000 now ambassadors that are out attempting to be as loud How as we can. How do you raise money for your group? Well, I get on media mostly. I was just on Dr. Phil. I've been in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, PBS. And I'm shocked that all of these left-wing organizations have you on because you're the opposite yeah, of their messaging. They do because they realize that it is harmful and that more and more doctors are trying to sound the alarm about all of the problems they're seeing in our youth. And so I try to get the word out mostly in media through my books, but um, the biggest uh, impact is being in schools because the, the teens come up to me after I'm done talking and they say, Mrs. Stack, I want you to know that I'm using. And after hearing your son's story and the information you shared, I think I have a problem. And, I, and school, I, I think say, I'm going to stop. Let's say someone listening to this show would like to have you in their school. How would they contact you? They just go to our website, johnnysambassadors.org. They can email me, laura at johnnysambassadors.org. We do ask a program fee. That's how we raise funds for our nonprofit you, um, you to Johnny's Ambassadors. Wait, say I'm that on, again. You say, jo wait, I'm, you're so fast. You're a time manager. <laughs> I'm I, on I, salary. I'm the executive director of our nonprofit. No, but how it's do you raise money is what I want to know. How can people Through contribute? program fees, through me speaking, and also through donations. Program so fees, you said. 
for my speeches. Yes. So I we should charge a program fee for me to come and give a talk. OK. And you contribute and, that money to the organization. Oh, it goes to the organization. It doesn't okay. go to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that goes to our nonprofit. All proceeds go to Johnny's Ambassadors. I'm on a salary. We also have a lot of parents um, who donate. Sadly, we have 33 so other suicides now. We have 350 parents right now whose children are in cannabis-induced psychosis in emergency rooms across this United States. So we Oh, have- my God. Oh, well, it's I got to ask you something about it. This is another element of this. Okay, so you have kids having breakdowns. Some commit suicide. Many don't commit suicide, but they lose their minds for how long? Well, if you have a psychotic episode and you're in the emergency room, and by the way, this is not just teens. I have a girlfriend who was 49 years old, came to Colorado, hit two hits off a dab pen and was in the emergency room in a mental hospital, hallucinating for two days, thinking her nurses were shapeshifters. Okay, so there is no guarantee that marijuana is going to be harmless for anyone. But with youth, they can recover. Um, There's an estimated between 35 to 50 percent of cases, unfortunately, that do convert to a permanent schizophrenia because the child doesn't stop. They have repeated, repeated cannabis-induced psychotic episodes. And this is what happened to my son. Michael Savage, a host like no other. This is an interesting question for me. There are chemicals, because I'm I'm a chemist by training in some regard, Is there a chemical that's the antidote to a marijuana psychosis, meaning would high doses of niacin help, for example? Well, the the, what works are antipsychotics. Now, if it's just a cannabis induced psychotic episode, they usually try to leave the teen alone um, and not give them an antipsychotic. They're often misdiagnosed because too many doctors aren't familiar with this. They don't ask the teen, have you been taking THC? In Colorado, they're used to it. You come in psychotic. They don't give you an antipsychotic right away. They let you come out of it. But there's no Uh, drug that will stop the reaction. Oh, no. An antipsychotic will stop the delusional thinking, but there's no antidote. Um, There are drugs such as Sativex um, that are being that are legal in Europe and they are being tested. Did you say Um, Ativex? Sativex, S-A-T-I-V-E-X. What is the compound? What is it? You know, I'm not familiar. I know they're going through FDA um, testing right now. It has not been approved. Uh, the reason I bring up niacin for your own work is you there were the studies many decades ago by some great doctors on schizophrenia and niacin. Doc, Dr. Hoffa, for example, one of my peers, MD, PhD, HOF. But he, his daughter was schizophrenic and he noticed that when he'd take her out of a, it wasn't his daughter. It was actually someone else's daughter uh, who was put into a mental hospital. And every weekend, um, her parents would come and get her and they'd go and eat some food. And one day she'd feel better and then she gets sick again. And so the doctor finally said to her, what are you eating on the weekends? She said, well, I like seafood, a certain kind of seafood. Turned out it was high in zinc and high in niacin, and that kind of thing. So he then went down that road of nutritional treatment for schizophrenia. Schizophrenia yeah. has any uh- used any nutrients per se? in the treatment of the marijuana psychosis. 
and the you recovery. Know, some of our doctors um, on our scientific advisory board do have, you know, regimens. I'm not a clinician and I'm not in treatment and we have insurance in case I'm sued, but I'm not allowed to actually <laughs> <laughs> recommend um, treatments. I do know in general, clozapine has been found to be ah. a very effective medicine ah. for cannabis induced psychosis. Um, there are some second generation uh, medications such as Vralar, uh, which have been found to be helpful, but typically it takes four to six months for the brain to heal from a psychotic episode, sometimes up to a year. And then they start to titrate the youth off of that antipsychotic. And many times it's not permanent. The brain can heal and the youth has to be sober a hundred. It's like, like you said, it's like a virus. It's like, you can't ever use it again. And Johnny three times recovered. He was like, oh my gosh, this, I'm never going to use marijuana again and be sober for three to four months. And he would come back and he'd be sweet. And the verbal oh, your, abuse, your son, was, your son. Yeah. Yeah. He would be wonderful when he was sober, but then he would get sucked back in because it was so addictive and the friend group and all that. And then he would become psychotic again. Um, so they can Did he ever turn on his parents. Did he? Well, he's pushed me several times. We had to put locks on our bedroom doors because we were afraid that he would end up in our rooms with a knife one day. Oh. Um, we had to sometimes not allow him in the house when he oh. wouldn't, when he was in psychotic. Um, well, I don't want to dwell on this for you. I don't want to bring no, up. It's, it's, it's important for people to understand. It's like an alien came in, took my child oh. and left this person that I didn't know. He would swear at me. I, I was his person. I was like, loved him more than anyone in the world. And he'd be like, F you, you be. I mean, it was oh. hell. It oh. was hell for five years. And I know I've talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of parents um, and there and it all looks the same you know, nasty, not going to school, not motivated, violent, swearing, um, delusional. People are watching me. People are after me. It brings out the worst in everyone. Yes, it's a very common set of symptoms. I was told many decades ago that as many years as you were on it, even the hippie age or the Woodstock era marijuana, as long as you had been on it, let's say you had been smoking for 10 years. That's how many years it takes once you stop for it to leave your brain, your, your, your nervous I, system. I haven't seen that, but I have seen MRIs on 814 year olds that they did. And then they did them again when they were 19. And depending upon how many times they'd used marijuana in that five years, they showed a thinning in the prefrontal cortex. It oh. literally changed their gray matter. It damaged. Oh, the my God. And what's that scary, Michael, it's even one time. Even one time. And the teens that I talk to when I'm in schools, they come up and they say, Mrs. Stack, you know, I'm a, I only use, you know, on the weekends or whatever. And it's like, look, you might think that you're handling this. Right. And Johnny did too. He was like, Mom, I've got straight A's. What do you want? I'm uh, fine. Got it. You know, but then you're not. Right. And it's changing your brain every time you use it. And you just, you don't know what it would have been. You know, I asked the teens, what are your career goals? 
you know, what are, what do you want to do with your life? You need every bit of gray matter you can have. It might not be, you might not be psychotic. You might not be suicidal, oh. but it absolutely is changing your brain right now. And you must stop. And thank God our brains are very plastic. And I encourage them, look, don't lose hope. Don't just say, oh, I used once I'm screwed. No, the brain has great neuroplasticity and it can improve. So I think you're right. I think that as long as you're sober um, and you stay off, we do see recovery. We do see improvement because people find Johnny's ambassadors. There wasn't a Johnny's ambassadors when this was happening to my son. And now that we've been around for two and a half years, we see kids saved. Because people find us, they get the kid, they realize it's the marijuana, they stop, and they're not dead. And that's what's important. We have to keep people from following Johnny's path. This is 100% preventable. There is no safe level of THC in the developing mind. And we just have to sound the alarm. We just have to keep being loud. And I'm not going to be ashamed and silent and stigmatized. I was a darn good parent. I wasn't a perfect one. And I did everything that I knew how, and it just wasn't enough. And now I'm going to tell everybody I know about this stuff so that they can save their kid because no one deserves to go out like a victim of the marijuana industry like my son did. A mind is a terrible thing to waste used to be a slogan that was used for black colleges, but, you know, it could apply to what you were talking about. Oh, yes. Uh, Laura Stack, author of The Dangerous Truth About Today's Marijuana, advocate with Johnny's Ambassadors. I think you should be the head of the National Institute of Mental Health or the National <laughs> Institute. Of, you know, we have all Thank these you. we have all these NIH divisions like the Dr. Fauci's of their divisions. Isn't there a National Institute of um, Drug Addiction or something? Yes, NIDA. I'm too small potatoes. Too small. Do they potatoes. even talk about this or they're pushing it as something healthful? I'll you bet know, they're, they're no, you know, they have on their website right now a statement. Cannabis use was associated with suicidal thinking, attempted suicides and completed suicides in those who were not experiencing depression. They they know that this is true. They did a study of 280,000 18 to 35 year olds, and they are very clear on their stance that marijuana causes suicidality. It won't be so up no. there for long because the federal government wants to legalize it now. So don't don't. Oh, let they this just don't listen to our own agencies because all of the pot industry is in the pockets of our legislators. They're absolutely they're totally Laura Stack. Connected. You've suffered. You paid the highest price a parent could pay. Uh, my heart and soul is with you. The dangerous truth about today's marijuana, Johnny Stack's life and death story. Advocate with Johnny's ambassadors. And I want to tell everyone listening to the Michael Savage podcast. I want you to buy this book because most of the money will go. It all goes to, save, to Johnny's ambassadors. It goes to Johnny's ambassadors. Let's get the word out and save our next generation. Laura, you're a great woman. I'm sorry you had to go through this. And all I can say is thank you for being with us today on the Michael Savage podcast. Thank you for talking with me and giving me the chance to warn your listeners. I really appreciate it, Michael. Thank you. Take care now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those? 
ad-free podcast, please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.